What's up, guys? We're back on the Founder Hour. It's Thursday, and we've had a great time with Zach this week. Zach, thanks for being on the show again. It's been amazing, guys. Are you yeah. tired so of us already? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm getting there. It's the last segment, right? <laughs> spent a whole week, we've spent <laughs> a whole week exactly. together. Yeah, I yeah. love this. Uh, but uh, you know, for this segment, uh, we definitely want to hone in on, I mean, obviously, you're, you're a talent manager. You're managing the Yes Theory guys, and they're a talented group of folks. Um, I guess in terms of uh, folks out there who maybe want to be a talent manager or, or are talent managers currently themselves and obviously are, have that learning mindset of wanting to be better. Uh, w- tell us a little bit about like the day-to-day of being a talent manager. What are some of the challenges? What are things that people might not know about the gig that they should know? That kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try to like, kind of like we were saying in the segment a few days ago, like try to get this away from motivation and into yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we don't like motivation shit. on this show. Cuz if you're yeah. someone Give who's an aspiring real. talent manager and yeah. you're listening to this, I'm assuming you're already an ambitious and yeah. an inspired person, so I'll give you kind of actionables. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, my days consist of a lot. Every well, first of all, my days are always different. Um and I think uh, no day looks the same. They largely consist of meetings, wh- whether on the phone, whether uh in person. Um if I try to make my meeting days all one day, so I'm kind of, you know, in Ubers all around LA, um, going from meeting to meeting to meeting, also then meetings with the team, and then also taking independent time to either go through emails and do a lot of high-level thinking. So high-level thinking is a key word for managers because the artist or the talent or the creator is always in the day-to-day grind. You know, yeah. what's the next video? What's the next song? What's the next record? Um, and it's a, up to a manager's responsibility to say, okay, well, if I take a step out of this and look at this from a bird eye, bird's eye perspective, you know, what is the year-long goal that we're trying to work up to that this day-to-day is actually attributing to or not? Mm-hmm. Um, and that is what's able to set the priorities in, in place to know if that creator or artist is using their time efficiently. Um, so high-level thinking is, is a big portion of it. Um, Does that ever create friction with the creators themselves? Like as far as like, here's what I'm seeing and then they may not see it that way? Or is it usually like, you know, it's also up to the creator to give the manager that kind of, you know, um, you know, authority or whatever it might be, autonomy to be like, hey guys, this is what we should do and, and here's why and it's, you know. Yeah, yeah. Great, great question. Um, yes, that does happen sometimes, but it also is important that the creator and the manager have a relationship that's, you know, they understand, you know, when they're out shooting their videos, I, Amara always sends me texts like, I feel so safe knowing that you've got, yeah. you know, our back for the long run and mm-hmm. I can focus in the day to day and never think like, shit, what's going to happen in five years when yeah. I have a family? Am I still going to be doing this? Like, yeah. Um, so, yeah, the short answer for that is, is yes, but there are certain times where I'll go to the team or I think any manager approaches their their talent, quote unquote, with an opportunity and they go, wow, this is going to change your life and this is going to be the thing we got to do it. And the talent or the creator or the artist goes, nah, I don't see it. Um, and that was very frustrating at first when I was initially into this kind of industry and and role, but then I've realized there are ways where you can be really strategic about it. You know, you don't fight every battle, you know, you got to pick your battles and the times where you really push for something. It is like sales almost. It is definitely sales. I mean, everything in life is sales. You're always selling an idea or selling a a pitch or doing something. Or selling yourself. And and for me, the opportunity is usually like, I'll be talking to a brand like, I'm just going to use Nike as an example. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll be talking to Nike and like, hey, selling them on Yes Theory. Like, these guys are, you know, the thing you need for your next campaign. They're literally just do it guys. Yeah, Yeah, literally the just do it guys or whatever I'm selling. This hasn't actually happened. but And then they get sold and they're like, hell yeah. Okay, cool here's what we're thinking. And I'm like, cool, let me run it by the team. And I'll go to the team and be like, guys, 
Nike. And sometimes it might be like, obviously, Nike is probably a different yeah. example, but <laughs> sometimes it might be like, ah, I don't know if we see it with that brand. Yeah. And I'm like, I just spent the last three weeks <laughs> convincing Nike that, you know, this is going to happen. Yeah. So now I got to try to show them what I'm seeing. It's not about selling them. It's more about they probably just don't see it the way I see it. And also, uh, one of the things that, that I learned early on as a talent manager was sometimes it's not their fault. It's because I've been researching and looking into it for weeks. Yeah. And I'm looking at it from a different perspective. So I can't just tell them like, hey, guys, we're collaborating with Nike and expect them to blindly trust me. Yeah. I also have to do a good job at showing them and selling them and portraying what I see to them and hoping that they see it the same way. Yeah. And the same way, like the content kind of stems from like that overarching, like why and the mission, like how does that work with kind of business development on the business side? Like, is it the same way? Like you have to establish kind of like be on the same page with the content creators as far as like, guys, this is what we're about. And anything we do has to kind of, you know, directly feed into this. Yeah. So great segue into one of the most important points that I want to make around being a a talent manager or being a manager at all is you have to care about the talent uh, or the creator, the artist, uh, more than from a commercial perspective or than the job portrays. Like, I care about the guy. I think one of the reasons why we're going to have a great success and great career together is that I care about them as people before I care about them as creators. And I also don't ever want them to feel like they're selling out or to ever do something strictly for commercial benefit. Whereas sometimes managers just want their act or their talent to do something because it's going to make a lot of money. Um, One of the things is that you have to be aware to not piss off the audience and do things that um, also keep in mind the longevity of the creator. Because there are certain managers and stories in in history where it's been, you know, let's just get whatever we can out of you while you're hot because you're popping off right now. And Mm -hmm. we don't expect that to be the way for the next two years. Mm -hmm. So let's just get you on every commercial or brand deal we can right now. And then when you become irrelevant, we'll kind of toss you out and take the next hot act, which is in my mind, sometimes the difference between like an agent and a manager. Yeah. Because for me, I'm always thinking we're not taking any opportunity that can hurt us in six months to a year or two years or three years. We're not going to do a brand deal with a company that, you know, might turn around and have a a scandal in in six months or a year or doesn't have the message that correlates with us. Mm -hmm. So I used to have to, when I was still learning around what the guys like and don't like, would talk to a brand, come back to the team, and they'd be like, no, 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 we're not going to do that because it's this type of company or they represent this and we don't believe in that. Now I know. Mm -hmm. So now I'll go into a meeting and it'll be like, oh, Bacardi wants to do a deal with you. And we're like, no, no, we don't touch alcohol. We don't want to promote alcohol. And so I don't even have to go back to the team at that point. They don't even see that process. Um, So now I I say no to probably 99% of the stuff that's brought to us um, because I have to be the no guy. And the guys are only seeing a small percentage of the things that are actually being evaluated. So in their mind, they're bringing, yeah, I'm the no guy in the group. Um, And the guys, and that's why they always have to say yes, even if it's like they're at a a get-together or social event and someone comes up to them and is like, yo, we really want to collaborate. Um, They got to be like, yeah, that sounds great. Like, go talk to Zach. And then I might be like, oh, this isn't equal value for us. This isn't worth our time. This isn't on brand. How hard is it to say no? Uh, (laughs) It's a good question. Uh, It it used to be a lot harder. It becomes a lot easier very quickly through practice. Mm -hmm. And I think that happened for me through a mindset uh, switch that was when you say no to something, you're saying yes to something. Mm -hmm. So when I say no to working with uh, an alcohol company or a brand, 
it's because I'm saying yes to working with brands that are wholesome and, uh, and like positive. Like yeah. company? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Obviously, learning learning by doing is clearly like the best way to learn. But aside from that, how does how do you and like someone who's in your position, mm-hmm. what else, what other resources do you look at to constantly learn? Read. Uh, read, read, read. Um, what kind of stuff are you reading? Especially for, for talent management. Um uh, again, conversation with Scooter. I was like, you know, what book would you recommend any manager read? And he said, The Operator by Tom King. Oh yeah, it's about his uh, mentor, who's David Geffen. Mm-hmm. It's a huge, huge book. I'm pointing yeah, to he it. He always right says now it in his interview. Shelf. I see because it it's the biggest book. It's yeah. the biggest book on the bookshelf. So it's yeah. it, it's thick, and it took a lot of time to read. But I think learning through stories and learning through people who have done this in the past and seeing why they've had success. Um, another book I'm reading right now is Who is Michael Ovitz, who is the founder and creator of CAA, the talent agency, right. um, who is more of an agent than a manager, but there's a lot of crossover. So mm-hmm. learning about the stories of also how the industry has been formed and how the entertainment industry has been disrupted since 1940 to now um, will show you indicators or maybe signs of how it could be disrupted in the future because the best way to learn about the future is to study the past. Yeah. What is something that um, folks who may not who want to be talent managers who are not there yet and and look at it as as like man like I don't know if I can do it or like how can I even break into this industry what's something that they, they should they should know um, or they should be doing to like get you know so you know. I think uh, building a network is very very important it's something you should do from the get go or even if you're not thinking or you're not a talent manager yet like you don't have someone that you're representing or working with uh, the best thing you can be doing in the meantime is probably building a network within the industry and that is a lot of like we always say like sometimes I don't feel like going out and being in a social environment but I know that you know if I don't I'm risking the fact that I might have rubbed Mm. shoulders with someone that could have changed our lives Mm -hmm. through being at that event Um, and so very early on I also realized like for me it was very different I didn't start with a talent that wasn't known at all and I had to take them from zero to a hundred I got with the guys when they were at 300,000 subscribers and I've been with them from 300,000 to 3.5 but I realized like, oh, I have to build a network outside of their network and be able to bring opportunities to them from who I'm meeting on a yep. day-to-day basis. So I would say, yeah, network, cold outreach to as many people that you think can help you and, and set up meetings where you can pick their brain and then also look for ways to connect dots for them. Um, and that's how through even being in a new city or not, you can start to build relationships with people that uh, respect you, uh, you know, will help you and then will also help you figure out what you need to learn and set up or connect the dots for you with the people that you need to be connected with in order to take your career to the next standpoint. Love it. Well, Zach, this has been awesome, man. Thanks for being on the show and, and sharing your wisdom, sharing your story uh, with us. And you guys are killing it and love what you guys are doing, love your mission, and can't wait to see what you guys do next. Hell yeah. I wouldn't be a manager if I didn't say to everyone to go follow Yes Theory on follow all yes social Theory. platforms. And at where, yes can Theory. They fi- where can they find you? They can find me uh, at Zach the Creator Z A C K dot the Creator on Instagram, and, and we'll then, tag you when we post. So, oh yeah, yeah. So, uh, thanks for having me on, guys. It's been a pleasure, and you guys are killing it. Keep it up. Awesome. Thanks, Zach.